This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope you are very well. I am wearing makeup because I've been on TV. Don't I look amazing? Well, you'll only find out if you watch the show on YouTube, but I've had full professional makeup from a makeup person and it was a lady. For some reason, it's always a lady. I don't think I've ever been made up by a man in a TV studio and I've been in broadcasting for over 20 years. It's amazing, isn't it? So I'm all made up and it bestows upon you false energy, doesn't it? When you've had makeup, sometimes my other half will say, oh, you look really well, you look really rested. It's like, no, no, false alarm. I'm in makeup and it covers, what do they say? A multitude of sins makeup, doesn't it? And that's why I think women are very lucky to be able to wear makeup because you have this transformation where you literally put your face on. And there are some men that wear makeup, but most men don't wear makeup. And I think it would be a tremendous thing. I could really get behind men wearing makeup, but I don't. I only wear it for professional purposes. The only time I would consider getting makeup and like just wearing it regularly would be if it could be so subtle that you didn't know I was wearing makeup because plastic surgery is like that, isn't it? The best plastic surgery is the plastic surgery you don't notice. So Sharon Osbourne, television personality and spouse of Ozzy. When she had her first few procedures, she looked amazing because she kind of had the liposuction and she had whatever, bit of a chin lift. She got the bags done and she looked great and it was perfect, but she did not look like she'd had plastic surgery. She just looked 10 years younger and like she'd had a good night's sleep. And in fact, it was the surgeon's knife. <clears throat> the issue you've got with people that do plastic surgery is they get addicted to it. It's a buzz to look a bit better. And with plastic surgery, it is similar to redecorating your house. So in your living room, when you buy a new sofa, the carpet looks old. You replace the carpet and then the walls need a paint. And then you paint the walls and then the ceiling looks a little creaky and old. So there's just no end to it. And that's how it works with plastic surgery. That's how they get you. That's the trick. But yeah, I envy women of the world for having makeup. But then perhaps they might argue, you might argue for my female audience, that it's annoying that makeup exists because then there is a pressure to look a certain way. And then without the makeup, you're naked, you're exposed, that kind of thing. And of course, there are many women that don't wear makeup at all. And let me tell you, my women listeners, none of you need it. You're all gorgeous. You don't need it. So you could just go makeup free and I'm happy. Not a problem. I mean, it doesn't matter that I'm happy. It's not about me, is it? You're welcome. Careful. But um, <clears throat> I definitely know, I've got definitely a couple of female friends who look better with less makeup or even perfect without it at all. I've got one or two friends. All my female friends are absolutely stunning. And colleagues. But... Um, I think that it can be the case that the more makeup you put on, 
the less good you look. I really do. I don't think, you know. But anyway, this is not my area of expertise. That's just my unhelpful opinion. But yeah, it would be very handy if men also wear more makeup en masse because then you could just have that thing where it's a bit like, you know, with the coffee in the morning. You know, you wake up, you feel terrible and you have the coffee and then bang, you've got energy and everything. Well, I would imagine you get a similar metamorphosis with makeup. My equivalent is washing my hair and blow drying it. That's my equivalent of makeup. And that definitely does set me up for the day. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. But yeah, so I'm wearing the makeup. The rings have been covered. I'm basically lying to you. I'm pretending to look good. And I don't. Um, Few things, lots to get through. I hope you're very well. First of all, this podcast is being recorded. It's a spare podcast, actually, because we're a week ahead. So what I've decided to do, I could have not done the podcast this week. Could have just paused it for a week you would still get the weekly episodes. But I decided to record a podcast whilst one ahead, whilst I've got one in the bag, so that then there's another spare. It's a nice feeling. That means that, you know, if I have a busy week next week or in a future week, I can skip the recording. Podcast still drops on a Sunday. And that's a good thing generally with work. I would recommend to you, get ahead if you can. Let's say it's Monday and you're at work. You've got to do your Monday work, but see if you can do a bit of Wednesday work on Monday. See if that's possible to get ahead where possible, especially if if there's a lighter day at work. Put some other work in there so that you then have an easier time of it later in the week. So I've got a show tomorrow and I've already done some work on it today. That makes tomorrow an easier day where I can actually do the show, but I can actually do other things during the day that are not show related. Whereas if I leave everything to show day, then it's like a slog all day long. And then we put the show out. So that's quite nice. That's quite nice for me to know that there's less work to do. And what you do is, do you know what it's like? It's like the opposite of credit. It's like the opposite of a credit card, right? With a credit card, you're borrowing future money, aren't you? You're taking future money away from yourself. You're taking it from the future and giving it to you now. Well, by getting ahead work-wise, you're doing the opposite. You're creating credit for the future. You're putting money ahead of you so that there's more money tomorrow because of the sacrifice you made today, if you get the metaphor. I thought it was clunky the way I explained that. I think the word explain is a big word. I'm not sure that was achieved, but you get my drift. But yeah, get ahead if you can. See what jobs can be done ahead of time. It's like when you're going on your holidays. Let's say you're traveling. Let's say you're going on holiday on a Saturday. It wouldn't kill you. It wouldn't kill you to pack the weekend before. It wouldn't kill you, would it? See, let's say you're traveling on Saturday the 8th. Well, why don't you pack on Saturday the 1st? The weekend before, it wouldn't kill you, would it, to pack the weekend before? Because then when it comes to it, when it comes to that Friday before you're traveling, you don't have all the stress of, oh God, I need travel shampoo or travel shampoo in a travel size 100 mil and I need my sunglasses and I forgot to order contact lenses and God knows what, right? So the beautiful thing is that if you pack a week before, 
you become aware of the things that you still don't have. Also, how many times have you packed and then when you get to the airport, you realise, oh, I forgot my camera or I forgot hair gel or I forgot my iPhone charger. Well, if you pack the week before, then a few days after you've packed, you'll start to remember other extra things. So it's like an insurance policy. It's like a buffer of a week from, from packing to actually leaving, by which time you'll have remembered everything. It's a tremendous thing. It's a tremendous thing. The other thing I would say is that if you pack in advance before your holidays, like days in advance, you're going to pack more efficiently. Because what I find is, let's say it's the day of travel. I mean, you should never pack on the day of travel. That is fatal. <laughs> fatal. That's carnage. That's carnage. Because if you've got a morning flight, well, then you're going to have to get up at 4 a.m. just to pack. Don't do it. You have the adrenaline excitement of traveling there's not the mentality the frame of mind for packing you have to pack when you've got energy and when you've got time and when it's not a rush the thing i notice and i'm sure you're the same is that if i pack in a hurry i always bring more whereas if i pack in advance then i'll pack less because i got time to really think it through it's like i need five pairs of boxer shorts and I need five pairs of socks and I need this and I need and you kind of carefully go through exactly what you need whereas when you're like rushing for the airport you just grab all the clothes you can find and squeeze them into a bag don't you and I think that equals more luggage and it's nice to travel light you need a choice when you're away you need options and outfits I, I like to change it up I've got a relative who has basically a grey fleece and just wears that for the whole holiday I couldn't do that, you know. When I'm on holiday, I like to kind of think, oh, what shall I wear for dinner tonight? That's how I roll. That's my style. That's my way. At some point, I'll be wearing makeup on holiday. You watch me. You watch me, baby. But if you were to pack a week before, it wouldn't kill you. <laughs> it wouldn't kill you, would it? Would it kill you? <laughs> it wouldn't kill you, would it? It would not kill you. Would it kill you to pack a week in advance? <laughs> <laughs> it would not kill you would it i don't think it would kill you would it kill you i don't think so so there you go get ahead um i am as you know a very foolish person i'm a numpty i'm an idiot but i like to think we all are and i did a really stupid thing we were coming to the end of January and I had a couple of things to give back to Amazon. And the deadline was the 31st of January. Anyway, I was very busy with stuff. And then I got to the 1st of February. I looked at my watch. It was the 1st of February and I realised that I've missed the return window for a couple of items from Amazon, which I was fully intending to give back. The first is this, which is actually the podcast microphone you see i've got a really good podcast microphone which has broke and i've done an episode about it and i'm furious with the company which is called sure which is the top bloody microphone microphone brand but it came with a crappy micro usb connection which just sort of snapped off without any manhandling from me i've been very careful with it outside of warranty a relative tried to fix it. They've made it worse. 
Now I don't know where the screws are. It's all been taken apart. Welcome to hell. So I will not buy that again. I will not buy a bad product twice. And by the way, Shaw is a good brand and they make some good products, but not this model. Do not buy. Look, when you're buying stuff now, do not buy anything that says micro USB or lightning or any of that stuff. Do not buy. You need. I won't do a lot on tech because I don't think all of you are that interested in it. But the big new thing is USB-C. That is a standard fitting. So I will not buy anything now that is not USB-C. So the next podcast microphone will be USB-C. Um, the one I was going to give Mac is this, and it's called Tonor, T-O-N-O-R. And it comes with them a smart little stand. It's USB-C, and it was very cheap. I think I paid 25 quid. That is cheap. And I think sound-wise, it's okay, isn't it? But I don't think it's got the warmth of the short one, but it's okay. Anyway, I was fully intending to give it back and then just get a better podcast microphone. But now I missed the bloody deadline. But I'm just thinking for 25 quid, it's not a bad microphone, is it? And what I'll do is I'll hold fire and I will invest in a better microphone at some point. And I think if it's all right with you, I'm going to make do with this one for now. You've got used to it. I've got used to it. I've been using it now for a good six or seven weeks. No, I haven't. Is it that long? Maybe about five weeks. Because the um, I bought it in December, but you got an extra long return window from Amazon because it's Christmas. So that's really good. But even though they gave me an extra long return window, I still missed the bloody deadline. But I make a positive out of it, which is I will keep this now. I won't upgrade the microphone because I've got this. And then when I do upgrade, I will use this as my dinky little travel microphone. So I always try to make a positive out of these things. So you go, that's the tonor is going to stay. But this is a quick note to you, which is if stuff has to go back. Please. Put a note in your diary, I recommend my show, this show recommends that you have an electronic diary on your phone that you actually use it. You might like to have an actual physical diary, that's fine, but then you've got to carry it around with you. Uh, My dad ran a pub and, and he used to have this enormous A4 diary with a whole page of A4 for each day. Imagine that. I didn't have that much going on in my day to fill a page of A4. I think my day, a busy day for me would be probably A2. Really. Or or maybe even like a business card size. That's a busy day for me, I can't lie. I don't like to overdo it. I don't like to exert myself too much. So, (laughs) yeah, I needed, I should have put a note in my diary saying, because I do that with other stuff. And I didn't. I missed that key date. But there you go. Make a positive. Got this microphone. The other thing that I forgot to give back is now going to be my product of the week. So I've decided that although I didn't manage to give this back, right, I wanted to give it back. I'm going to make it the product of the week and I'm going to make a commitment to it. And I'm going to bloody make it work because I can't give it back now. I'm stuck with it. So I shall make a virtue of this which is today's product of the week, and it is called a Heemberg, H-E-E-M-B-U-R-G, vacuum-insulated food jar. Okay, so we'll do the unboxing if you're watching on YouTube. I was only kidding about watching on YouTube, by the way. I'm very happy to have you listening. It's probably more important for the success of the show that you listen, really. But actually, 
Whether you're watching or listening is, is all welcome. Let me unbox this now. And for those of you having a listen, it's a vacuum insulated jar. And the reason why I wanted to give it back is because it's massive. It's enormous. It's too big. It's too big. It's too big. And I can't give it back. Two litres. Two litres. It contains a sort of upper tray, which you can pull out. It's got a little handle on it. And then inside is just this vast cylinder. And it's a vacuum flask. It's enormous. I don't know what was I thinking when I got a two litre. But I can't bear those food flasks, which are sort of narrow that you can't clean afterwards. I need to be able to get my hand in there, give it a good scrub. And do you know what I've decided? I've just decided when I'm out and about, and if I go off to work and things like that, when I go off to work, I feel that because it's so big, first of all, I can have probably like two meals in there. You can nearly have your lunch and dinner in there. But also there's a lot of space for bulky stuff like vegetables. So I could have, let's say, a chicken curry. And then there would be space for green beans and Brussels sprouts and God knows what else on top. So actually, maybe it was Freudian. Maybe it was subconscious that I kept it because deep down inside, I just thought that it was something that I needed. So there you go. Maybe that's it. Maybe I wanted to keep both these devices all along. And it is nice that it's my products of the week. And when I was going to give it back, it was nothing to do with the quality of it. Okay, Heemberg, um, it's it's solid. It's not overly heavy. It's got a stainless steel interior, very easy to clean. Do you find that the extra little caddy for food that goes in the top is nice? Little sauces could go in there. You could put rice in there. And then you seal it. And then the other thing I thought was that actually it's quite nice for picnics if you're in a group. Let's say you're having a picnic with friends and you, you're, you're joining. You could prepare like a lovely hot meal, fill it right to the top and people could share it. So it's a good sharing thing. It's too big. It's ridiculous. But it's my product of the week. Well done. Heemberg is what they're called. It says 316 stainless steel. I'm going to tell you with great embarrassment that I paid something like 35 quid for it, which I know is a lot of money. It's insane. It's insane. That's why I want to give it back. It's big and it's expensive. Um, but it's, it, it, you know what? You're paying for something which is a very solid bit of kit. It's got the double wall insulation. It will keep the food hot for a, a good few hours and it's just well made it looks built to last you just mean it's bulletproof you can it's got a carry handle it's got a very nice black finish on the outside i think you're getting a lot of flask for your money there so it, yes it's a lot of money but i actually don't think it's overpriced i think it's correctly priced but not cheap um what i should have done after that i saw another company called clean canteen and they had a similar food flask. It was a bit smaller. It would have been perfect. But it wasn't meant to be. And hey, I got a good story out of it, didn't I? Tell you what I'll do. I'll let you know. I'm going to use this flask this week. And I'll let you know how I get on with it. By the way, it is the 2nd of February. Even though I'm supposed to be a professional broadcaster, I don't know how to say the word February. Because, I mean, how do you say it? 
the word is a disaster. It's a failed word, isn't it? I can't believe that they didn't put that word back in the lab and just say, hey, guys, can we give this a rethink? February. Right. If you say it correctly, it sounds so wrong. February. And no one says that. So what you have to do, my solution with February is you have to say it wrong and you just say it as February, which is F-E-B-R-I, February, 2nd of February, 2nd of February, 2nd of February. It just works. February. That's how you do it. It's one of those words. If you think about it a lot, you'll really struggle how to say it. Uh, January is not great either. Some people say January. But I think you can say January and I think you can say January. How do I say it? I don't even know how I say it. January. I say January, which is J-A-N-U-R-Y. I don't say January. I think Americans say that, don't they? I've got American listeners. January. It's January the 6th. Let's not talk about that. That's controversial. Whoops, a bit of politics. January. Uh, Conan O'Brien was a famous writer, is a famous writer of The Simpsons and Saturday Night Live. And because he worked on that show and he has said the words Saturday Night Live so often, he calls it Saturday Night Live, 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 Saturday Night Live. Anyway, you didn't need this rant about the inefficacy of the English language, but it is February the 2nd. And <clears throat> January was a bit of a write-off because, you know that whole business with New Year's resolutions? It's fine. I'm a great believer in them, which is why the January episode was all about New Year's resolutions and why they're a good idea, because they nudge you in the right direction. Even if your life gets 1% better, that's a start. That's good. It's worth it. It's, um, it's a marginal gain. And again to gain. Progress is progress. Whatever project you're embarked on, all you want to see is incremental improvement. Okay? If you got, I don't know, if you're doing a sport, if you're at work, even if you got 1% better every year, that'd be 10% better over 10 years. And that, by the way, is a very conservative estimate of how much better you can be. So um, I definitely nudge things forward in January. But what I found is that I had the winter, so Christmas holidays, had a good time, did not do any of the self-discipline. I was drinking beer and I was eating tortilla chips and crisps and roasted cashew nuts and biscuits. And oh my God, you know, a litany of horrors that are not allowed on this podcast because this is a low carb podcast. And it was silly and annoying because then I got back to London and felt quite drained, actually, felt quite tired. I went back to work and I did not have the heart to tell any of my colleagues that I was exhausted. You can't take two weeks off, come back to work and tell people you're tired. You just can't do it. It's not allowed, especially not when some of those people worked over Christmas. And then you come back from a lovely winter break and you tell them you're tired. It's not acceptable. I told them I felt great disaster so i somehow you know didn't really really get in hit my stride in january till maybe like mid-january or god knows what anyway 
it's a bit of a messy month, isn't it? And you've got your you've got your tax return to sort out and you've got your credit card bills. It's just a bit of a messy month. So a really cool thing happened, which is that <clears throat> I woke up one morning. And by the way, that one morning would be yesterday morning. And I looked at my calendar and it said 1st of February, February. And I thought, there you go. That's my new year. I'm going to start the first. I'm going to start now. It's today it's a new month. I said to my my wife, it's it's hey, it's first of February. Have a great February. Enjoy. And I just thought, yeah, that will be my January the first. It's my first of February. So yesterday, I decided to go really pretty hardcore low carb, and that involves really eliminating bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, beer, and sugar. You're just eating protein, green fibrous vegetables, berries, some dairy products, natural fats. That's it. Keeping it damn simple. It's austere, but it's real food. I think it's very nutritious. It's very healthy. And, you know, like yesterday, I just for lunch, omelette with a big salad. Mushroom omelette with a big salad. No potatoes, no bread. Just clean, real food. Anyway, perfect. But I just thought, yeah, January the 1st. So what my message to you is that you've not missed the boat to change your life. And that if you set a date, then bang, make that you're the 1st of January. And like I said, sometimes the 1st of January is the wrong time after Christmas to turn over a new leaf. You might still be away and on your holidays. So make it the 1st of February. I spoke to a colleague today and I told them this, that I'm really excited about February because I've just decided to turn over a new leaf and to improve everything. And basically to get those carbs down, I want to shave off. I am, I don't want to give you too much boring information about me because why would you care? But I'm 80 kilos at my lowest when I was really like attacking the low carb. I got to about 70, 71 kilos, which is probably not heavy enough. And so my, I'd like to get to 75, that's five kilos. I just noticed the shirts are a little tighter. Trousers are a little tighter. And I think if I shaved off three, four, five kilos, that would be nice. My laptop is a kilo. So if I shaved off five kilos, that's five laptops that are on my body that don't need to be there. I promise you. I mean, I know you're saying, well, you don't need to lose weight, but we all know our bodies and we all know, don't we, when we're packing a little too much heat when we're carrying a little too much timber and I just feel that you know I take sort of 75 76 77 that's a good sort of comfort zone area the advantage of going for 75 is that you have that wiggle room of a couple of kilos whereas the problem with if you if you settle on 80 as you well then it's going to be like sometimes 81 82 so I've never never go above 80 I mean, originally I was 80, 88 before I went low carb. So I'm now kind of between where I was before I went low carb and where I, where I was at my lightest. So I'm going to claw that back. And I just have decided that February will be that month. So why don't you pick a date? Um, depending on when you listen to this show, or apologies, because you see, that's the problem now. I've demonstrated, I've revealed the date, which is the 2nd of February. But this will this show will not go out on the 2nd of February. It's going to be when you if you're listening to this on the day of release, it's the 11th of February. 
So you, you could make your New Year's Day, you could make it the 12th or even the day of the podcast, but you could say, if you're listening to this on Sunday, the 11th of February, you could decide that tomorrow, Monday, the 12th is bang. That's when you make a change. It doesn't have to be forever. You can just say, right, I'm going to do two weeks or I'm going to do three weeks of no alcohol or sport every day, whatever it is, whatever your goal, whatever your ambition. Maybe you want to write a book and you're going to start writing every day or you're going to meditate or you're going to eat healthier, whatever it is. But it's up to you and you can get very excited about it. I recommend you get very excited. You put that date in a diary. So it could be tomorrow. It could be in a week's time, but choose a date that looks good to you. And I want you to just go for it. Give it both barrels. It's a thing of beauty. Now, um, what else do I need to talk to you about? We've done the products of the week. Uh, Recipes. If you're cooking in the kitchen, okay, one thing that puts people off recipes is working out what a fluid ounce is and trying to get hold of garam masala and then fresh coriander and, oh my God, what an absolute nightmare. So I've started making a curry every week. It's become very popular. And there is a recipe. And the first time I did it, I followed the recipe and it was good. But next time I couldn't be bothered to go back to the recipe. And I knew what the ingredients were, which is curry powder, turmeric, uh, fresh coriander, garlic, onions, garam masala, paprika. I think that's pretty much it. And what I did before, you know, it's like a tablespoon of this teaspoon. This time around now, all I do, I just do a couple of heaped tablespoons, sorry, a couple of heaped teaspoons of the curry powder. One heaped teaspoon of the garam masala. I mean, basically I freestyle it. I'm just like, oh, just put some teaspoons of everything in. Not too much of one thing. Fresh garlic. Turmeric, by the way, is a really healthy vegetable. It reduces inflammation. It makes your curry sort of bright yellow, orangey. So it's a great food, natural food color, and it's anti-inflammatory. It's delicious and fabulous. I love turmeric. And um, and then the garlic, crush a few cloves of garlic in there, a couple of onions. But anyway, I just, you know what? I just chuck it all together, no fuss. A tin of chopped tomatoes, salt, get that simmering, and then add your meat or your fish, or if you're a vegetarian, your tofu or your corn or whatever it is, um, until the meat or whatever it is is cooked. And then the last thing I like to do is to take a few tablespoons of almond flour, mix that in, and it kind of just, it makes the curry sort of more creamy and it thickens it, and then double cream. But what I was saying to you, I've given you a sort of a, a recipe that's not a recipe, but it's just a curry with a bit of curry powder and then you just cook it together and then you eat it. And I promise you, I don't think anyone would know the difference between that and the curry where you're weighing everything and you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that and you're this and you're that. 
So actually what I might do, some of you might be thinking, oh, I'd, I'd like that recipe, but why hasn't he explained it properly and clearly? So let me just give it to you really quickly. Standard curry, Mark Dolan way. The Mark Dolan way curry. And this will serve, do you want a curry for two people? Let's go for a curry for two people. Three good size onions, chop them up, slice them up so they're small. They don't need to be that small, but small enough. Fry them in butter and olive oil, not too hot because the butter will burn. You can also use ghee, which is a kind of clarified butter, which is lovely and very healthy, in my opinion. And what you do is you stir them, stir the, the onions until the onions become translucent. In other words, sort of a bit more see-through, but not fried, not burnt. Then add salt and pepper, then crush some garlic in. I would say you can't have too much garlic. Four or five good-sized cloves, go for it. And then again, garlic burns. So just gently fry those, simmer those with the cooked onions. The garlic will only need one to two minutes of gent gentle frying before they're good, they're good to go. You then add, so I'm just making this up as I go along, unscientific, just a good, what I'd say is, I'd say, let me think how much, hmm. Yeah, give me two sort of level tablespoons of curry powder, one level tablespoon of garam masala, a chunk of turmeric grated, a chunk of, when I say a chunk, I mean like, I don't know, a baby's fingers worth, a baby's finger, yeah. Like a, not a newborn baby, I'm thinking a six month old. <laughs> but again, you can't put too much turmeric in. What else? What's the equivalent of? Maybe a thimble, the size of a thimble. There you go. Do you know what a thimble is? It's that thing that stops you hurting your finger when you're sewing. Then um, you grate that into the curry. And then uh, what else were you doing? See, I've given you a recipe now. I said I wouldn't. Uh, oh, yes. A similar amount of fresh ginger. Much nicer than dried ground ginger and healthier too. Um, stir that all together. Then it is a tin of chopped tomatoes. Bring it all to the boil. And then you put your meat or your fish in. Once that's cooked, you're looking at four level tablespoons of almond flour. Mix that up, bring that to the boil. By the way, if at any point the curry is sort of too thick, just add water and bring it to the boil again. And then um, once it's all ready and cooked, you can chop up some coriander, fresh coriander, and just sprinkle it over the top. It doesn't need to cook, just lovely and fragrant. And then get yourself some double cream, which the Americans call heavy cream. And I just want you to sort of drizzle it quite generously on the top of the curry in sort of circles and then you just serve it like that and you've got this lovely the, the the cream sort of starts to mix with the curry the colors come together and mm, beautiful highly recommended there you go that's the mark dolan way curry and if you wanted a bit spicy put some chop up some supermarket chilies and sprinkle them on top
jobs are good and everyone will be happy. And if you want to lose weight, then you're going to avoid rice and you're going to avoid naan bread by having cauliflower rice, which is so simple. All you do is you grate cauliflower and then you fry it in a pan with a little bit of butter and a bit of water if you need it. You just fry it with a lid on and it just cooks and it's a hell of a lot like rice, especially when you mix it with the curry. And the other thing I recommend is having loads of curry because... If you make a big curry, it can go in the fridge. Because of all the spices, it naturally preserves for a long time. And you can just graze on it from the fridge. I've got a turkey curry, about three days old at the moment. No problem. Today's Friday. I could still be eating that on Sunday. It won't be a problem. Love to have a curry ready to go in the house. So there you go. So you can tweak recipes and interpret them your own way. A lot of it's common sense. Right. It's different with baking because there's alchemy involved in that. There's physics. There's the laws of gravity. Stuff's got to rise. But the rest of it, go your own way. You might find it's better than the one in the book. Now, folks, I think that brings us to... Let me just see. I've just got a message here, but I need to know what, what time was that sent. Oh, yeah, OK. OK, good. Um how are we doing for time 36 minutes folks it's been lovely to chat um i've got lots more for you next week and yeah there's a million things to talk to you about but i'd like to leave you on something so i'll leave you on this When Apple, which is a major electronics company, relaunched under Steve Jobs, who returned to the company, they created a slogan and it was think different. And it was the idea that Apple, they think a little differently. And even the expression think different is actually wrong grammar. But Steve Jobs thought, yeah, it, it, it sounds better. Sounds better than think differently. doesn't matter if it's wrong grammar. It's a bit like my recipes. If it tastes good, you've won. So... I've got to say that um, your job is to be different, okay? This podcast is all about placing you in the top 5% and letting the 95% get on with it, okay? I want to put you in the elite because there's always, nature always has elites. That's the reality. That's why communism doesn't work. You can't level stuff out so everyone gets 3%. It just doesn't work. We've tried it. It's a very noble idea, if only it worked, but it doesn't. Problem with communism also, the delivery of it requires tyranny to work. And that's not great. Nothing's great when it ever needs tyranny. I think you'll agree. So, <laughs> be different. When I had my first job in, one of my first jobs in radio, working for this sports radio station, and the boss said, we have to be different or we will die and he's like why are we yes we've got to try to be better definitely but be different and you'll notice in this very digital world that we now exist in there's a lot of competition for stuff so whatever it is that you're doing professionally just be different what is different about you what what is it that you're doing that they can't get anywhere else 
even you at work, your contribution to the company. What is different about you? What are you bringing to the party? And how are you doing things differently that makes you indispensable? Because if there's a guy called Larry and he does the company reports, but he does it in such a standard way that if Larry didn't do it, Betty could do it. I don't know why there are so many old people working for the company. Mildred's off sick and Edna is in her 90s now. But you know what I mean? You get my point. So be different. Don't be afraid to be different. Socially, in your, in your private life, you don't have to go along with the, do you know what I mean? You wear your unusual glasses. You, you dress how you want. Strike out with your own style of clothing, your own sense of humour. Be aggressively you and be different. There you go. Lovely to chat. Go and have a great week. Go and be different. Get ahead. Use a food flask and also, by the way, choose a date this year that could be your new January the 1st of 2024 because you missed the boat this January. You're regretting it. It's February now. You've fallen back into old habits. It doesn't matter. I'm giving you New Year's Eve again, right? My date was the 2nd of January. Yours could be the 12th of February. Or week commencing the 12th of February. Could be the 13th, the 14th, could be the 15th. Could be Valentine's Day. Um, but go and smash it and I'll see you in a week's time. Thank you so much and goodbye. Goodbye.